Hello, I'm Renee Duth, DSM in Northwestern Illinois for DeKalb and Asgro, and welcome to today's edition of the Bayer Necessities. Today we're going to talk about some of the challenges we're facing this spring and answer some questions about prevent plant. I have with me technical agronomist for DeKalb and Asgro, Mark Schultz, DSM for DeKalb and Asgro, Dave Minson, and we have Luke Sandrock from the Cornerstone Agency here to talk about crop insurance and prevent plant. So, Luke, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell yeah. them a little bit about yeah. yourself and no, I, where you work at? No, thanks for having me. I'm getting Luke Sandrock with the Cornerstone Agency offices in Tampico, Illinois, Morrison, and, and Dixon, Illinois. Um, and I uh, specialize in farm crop insurance and, and fielding a lot of questions on prevent plant, replant, and, and how that kind of ties into everything here this spring. So, Great. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, why don't we cover a few... We went through a few questions here that it seems like you're you're fielding a lot lately. Um, and maybe talk about some of the key things before we get into those um, that each grower should consider as they uh, consider sure. prevent plant. Sure. The first thing I guess that I'll start out with, um, always best to check with your agent, check with your crop agent, your adjuster, whoever your contact is there. Um, we'll talk about a lot of things. Um, they're gonna try to keep everything factual, but there again, there can always be variances, um, whether that be in, in uh, what crops you plant, what your rotation is, um, acre eligibility is a big thing. So uh, for instance, if you farm a thousand acres, let's say for easy math, and you've always been 500 corn, 500 on soybeans, that's what you are every single year, 50, 50 rotation you're only going to be eligible to plant those many acres uh, you can't take a thousand acres of prevent plant on corn so so just something there again as, as we go through these make sure to talk with your agent your adjuster whoever that representative is and and there again make sure what we're talking about they can validate and kind of walk you through if, if you don't qualify or if you have an issue there so that's great advice um, each of our growers need to take that into consideration <clears throat> and make sure they're having those conversations as they move forward through this process if that's the direction they want to go so a few questions that, that I'd like to run through, um, and feel free to chime in anyone else, but um, so what is that final plant date for corn? So uh, as we as we look here at, at I'll call it Illinois, um, they're getting, you get into Wisconsin, Minnesota, um, they're gonna be a different date, but for Illinois, the final plant date for corn is June 5th, um, and, and there again, that's a little misleading. Uh, we call it the final plant date, but really what happens on after June 5th, so June 6th essentially, uh, we trigger two different things. One, you do become eligible for a prevent plant payment. So get to June 6th, now you're eligible to have a prevent plant payment if that's the route you choose to go. Um, you also go into what's called the late planting period of corn. So you don't have to have your corn in the ground by June 5th. You can actually plant all the way up through June 25th and still receive insurance coverage on that. Um, but once we get to the 6th, that does decrease your coverage a little bit each day. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have heard it's a 1% liability reduction each day. That doesn't mean that if you have an 80% policy, you go from 80 to 79 to 78. What that basically means is, is if, you're, if your average yield, let's say, is, is 200 bushel, that's your approved average yield, basically what they're gonna do is they're gonna take a 1% yield reduction off of that each day. So they look at it and say, you know what, if your average is 200 bushel, um, that's a timely, that's assuming timely planted. Once we get to June 6th, we're gonna take 1% or two bushel off that. Now we're actually only gonna guarantee off 198 bushel. So there again, you can plan on June 6th, you can plan on June 8th, June 10th, you can plan really whenever you want to, but but uh, just so make that distinction, the final plant date for corn is June 5th, 5th, but if you wanna go ahead and put it in the ground on June 8th, you're only gonna take a few bushel off that guarantee. So that makes okay. sense? 
Yes, that does. That's a great explanation and things that our growers need to consider yep. as they look at that exactly. final plant date, but then the variations right. that go following. Final that. plant date always is what gets tossed around, but there's actually a late planting period that you're allowed to plant in there. So, yep. Okay, great. Um, another question is, do I automatically have prevent plant on my crop insurance policy? So, uh, as long as you have a revenue protection policy, you automatically have prevent plant on there. So nothing you had to elect, um, nothing you had to ask for, you automatically have prevent plant for revenue protection policies. Um, for those folks that use a county program, um, the area revenue protection, area yield protection, anybody that has a county program, there is no prevent plant in those policies. Um, not only that, but there's no coverage, there's no coverage attaches if that crop doesn't get planted. So for anybody that has a county program, make sure you're talking to your agent on what you need to be aware of. There again, no prevent plant for those folks, so, so that's something you need to consider. For everybody else, though, it's an automatic coverage. Um, corn is 55% uh, of your guarantee, soybeans is an automatic 60% of your guarantee. Um, get into different crops, whether it's hybrid seed corn or sweet corn or peas or limas, there, there are different percentages for each one of those. But for corn, it's 55%, soybeans is 60%. Um, some folks do buy up. There is an option to buy up an additional 5% on that. So there again, talk to your agent on what that, what that dollar amount is or what that percentage is. Okay, great advice. Um, next, what can I expect for a dollar amount on prevent plant payments? So like we talked on the 55%, that 55% is, is directly tied to what your guarantee is. So for easy math, if my average yield or my approved yield is 200 bushels of the acre, I take that times my $4 spring or expected price to come up with $800. And let's say I buy 80% coverage. I take that 800 times my 80% coverage for a total guarantee of $640. I did a cheat sheet here so I can real quick do the math. 55% of $640 would be $352 an acre. So that's how that's how and where we come up with that prevent plant number. So if you have multiple units, multiple farms, that theoretically could be different for each one of those units in each one of those farms. So okay. a lot of the ones we see range somewhere between $330 an acre and $430 an acre. That, that's going to cover the vast majority. We've had some pretty good yields the last few years, um, which has allowed those APHs, those production histories to increase. So there again, take a look at those numbers and see what they are that you're working with. So Okay. Um, so as we think about that, so does my entire field have to be prevent <clears throat> plant to collect the payment? Or are there portions of that that I can use? So the entire field does not have to be. And let's first off talk about the difference between optional and enterprise unit. Um, basically what that means, if, if you remember sitting down talking about, do you want to essentially add all your farms in that county together? Or do we want to let them stand on their own when we look at crop insurance and, and collecting a loss? Um, a lot of folks have moved to enterprise unit because there's a pretty good discount tied with that enterprise unit. Um, so in a situation where um, it's an optional unit, we keep them all separate, each one of those fields has to have at least 20% or 20 acres of the field uh, underwater or on prevent plant to pay on the prevent plant. So in other words, if I have um, a 100 acre field, I need at least 20 of those acres uh, a prevent plant to qualify for a payment. If I only have five acres out of a 100 acre field, that's not going to be enough to qualify for a payment. Okay. Um, there again, we call it 20 acres or 20%. If my, if that field is only 10 acres, I obviously can't have 20 acres of prevent mm -hmm. plant on that. So I only need two out of the 10 or 20% of those acres to qualify. Um, that's as we look at optional unit. There again, a lot of folks that went to enterprise unit. One, uh, advantage on the enterprise unit is, is actually each one of those fields get added together. So if I have, 
you know, on let's say my home field, um, I have 10 acres there. And then on the, on the east 80, I have another five acres there. And then on the north 160, I have another 10 acres there. I'm actually able to add each of those prevent plant acres together under an enterprise unit to get to my 20 acres. Does that okay. make sense? That does. So that's... the entire field doesn't need to be prevent plant, just literally a portion of it. Like I said, we got to get to at least 20 acres for an enterprise unit, at least 20 acres. We got to get to that, but then you are eligible for a payment. So. Well, great. And that gives our growers a couple ways to look at that and as Absolutely. you work with your customers as well. Absolutely. So as we think about it, if it, if we aren't fit to plant, what would be the argument to take prevent plant payment? Well, you know, unfortunately, the weather doesn't cooperate. It may not, you may not have another option um, mm -hmm. if, we, if, if we continue on this trend. So you may not have an option. It may be a wet hole, maybe a drowned out spot that you literally just can't get through. So that, that's certainly one thing. Um, for some folks that maybe don't have any anhydrous on, um, maybe their land, maybe, you know, when they look at what their prevent plant payment would be and they look at what their land cost is, they may look at that and go, it's just not worth it to try to risk it and push, you know, trying to get something in the ground when it's not fit. Um, maybe those dollars make sense. We're not finding that a lot. Um, we're a lot of times finding where it barely, just barely gets them back to where they need to be. Um, but that may be a, a, something where somebody looks at that and goes, you know what, I think I have enough dollars for this piece or for this field. I think I'm going to take my prevent plant payment. Um, one, one good thing as we talk about prevent plant, if you take your prevent plant, um, let's say you, you have that 100 acre field and we take 20 acres off for prevent plant, your production history is not affected by what we pull off for prevent plant. So for the 20 acres that are drowned out, we don't plant, your, your production history is not affected. It's not like we put a zero yield in there. That's just essentially pulled off and we only take production off of those 80 acres. They're again, keeping that production history high. Um, you know, I, th I think the biggest thing and what we talk to a lot of folks about, use it as a tool. Um, I don't think any, there are very few situations where people look at an entire 100 acres and go, yep, I just think I'm just gonna take my prevent plan on those 100 acres and walk away. Use it as a tool, you know. You get into that 100 acre field and there's 20 acres that just don't look good. Don't feel bad about passing those up and getting over to the next field that is fit and ready to go. Don't feel bad about passing those 20 acres up. Worst case scenario, you're going to at least get some dollars to help offset that cost. Um, don't lose sleep over those acres, whether that's 20, whether that's 10, whether that's five. Um, there again, as long as you qualify, you'll have some type of a payment to offset that. So that, that's something we talk with a lot of growers on and, you know, use it as a tool, not as a, not, not as a, hey, we're going to take prevent plan on everything. So. That's a really good point, and I think our growers need to be reminded of that, that it's it's not an entire field option, that you've got that that option to just use those portions that you're having trouble okay. getting into. Um, I think that's a misconception that some of our growers see. So that's a really Absolutely. great point. Thanks for pointing that out. So if we were to look at the other angle of that, so what would be your argument to not take prevent plant? So um, obviously, you know, you're... you're everybody you talk to has always benefited from, benefited from giving every acre in the ground that they can. Um, I think when we look, and, and I'm certainly no marketing expert by any means, but, but just based off the people we talk to, I think we're probably a little more bullish now than we were a month ago. I think nationally, when you look at some of the potential prevented planting acres, um, that that's only going to be a, a, a positive for the, for the price. So I think you'll have, I think we have a lot of people running the economics on, even if I'm gonna take that yield reduction, or even if I have a potential yield reduction, if we're assuming a, a, a higher fall price, what does that end up doing? So, um, like I said, market optimism is really kind of that, 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 uh, 
that's that big what if, that big mm -hmm. question mark, and that are the best argument for getting in there and trying to get those acres planted. So. Yep, that, that unknown that we have going on right now, for Absolutely. sure. Um, so another question, and this ties in a little bit um, to you know looking what other crop options there are, but can I plant another crop after I elect prevent plant? So uh, you, can, you can essentially put in a cover crop um, for weed control and whatnot after you've taken that prevent or after, after you've made the election to go ahead and take prevent plant. And I, and I should, as we talk about that, um, we were all talking about a little bit earlier, just because you turn in a, a prevent plant claim or a notice of loss for prevent plant, you know, that really has to be done after June 5th. So after that final plant date, that's when we go ahead and start turning in those prevent plant claims. We like to get them turned in sooner than later. They, you know, we prefer within that first 72 hours of knowing that you may have an issue and you may not get that planted. We like to get that claim turned in. But just because you turn in a claim or a notice of loss doesn't mean you're tied to prevent plant. So all of a sudden things turn off. It's June 8th and you go, you know what, I turned it in, but I'm going to go ahead and start rolling. You're absolutely welcome to do that. So just because we turn in a prevent plant claim doesn't tie you to having to take a prevent plant payment. That, that's a great point. Yep. So, uh, but anyway, so that being said, um, if you take that prevent plant payment, you say, there's no way I'm going to get in there. Um, you're allowed to put a cover crop on there. You can't harvest it. You can't hay or graze it before November one. Um, you can't go in there and plant soy. You can't take a full payment and then go in there and plant soybeans after the fact. There are rules for that. So if, if all of a sudden you say, I want prevent plant corn, um, come mid June though, you decide to plant beans there. There's not going to be any prevent plant payment on corn. Okay? okay. That's one of those things probably going to be best to talk to your agent. Um, you're either going to lose your prevent plant payment or it's going to be reduced. But there again, if you want to run through the economics on that, it's best to look at that on a case by case situation. So there's some talk out there. Well, I'll take my full prevent plant corn payment and then I'll plant soybeans. So then I'll come in and put this, that, that that's normally false. Normally you're not allowed to do that. You can't kind of double dip on those. So something to think about there again, talk to this specific situation, ask your agent. There are a lot of approved cover crops, um, but there again, you're going to want your agent involved on that. You're going to want your adjuster involved in on that as they walk you through what's allowed and what's not allowed. Great points. Um, one other thing to consider, um, you know, the new market facilitation program. Um, and Luke, do you have any thoughts on that and things growers need to consider? No, not necessarily. I know I just one thing to point out, um, you know, as we talk about all this prevent plant, um, they did specifically come out and said that as, as they look at this new market facilitation program, how it'll be paid. Uh, my understanding is it doesn't matter if you plant corn that year or oats or soybeans, everybody in that county is going to essentially get the same payment based off of how many planted acres they have. But they have come out and clarified that it will be off of planted acres and not prevent plant acres. So as we talk about this, just one of the many variables that you got to kind of throw in that equation, it sounds like those acres will be kept off. Um, now, I do want to say this. We were out uh, a couple few weeks ago in um, Washington, D.C. and had a chance to meet with Undersecretary Under Northey at the time. Um, and just as we looked at, you know, prevent plant at that time, still being a big concern, um, look out West, Nebraska, Iowa, some, some of those parts, uh, it just talked about prevent plant and, and realistically, a lot of times it's not hardly enough dollars. It's better than nothing, but it's still not hardly enough dollars to make some of these operations whole. Um, so talked about that, brought up those concerns. They were aware of it. Um, back in 1993, Iowa actually came um, retroactively out in July and said, we're going to pay an additional 10% on all prevent plant acres. 
Um, there again, don't take that to the bank. It's not a guaranteed thing, but it is something that's being talked about. And I actually, I can't quite confirm, but I did hear this morning, apparently there was a bill introduced and passed through the Senate that's now being introduced to the House that does have some language in there, um, kind of as a prevent plant disaster relief type payment. So there again, nothing to take to the bank yet, but just kind of, um, it, it's one of those things they're aware. They understand that they kind of left the prevent plant people out of the market facilitation program and really at no fault of their own. Um, and one could certainly make an argument that those bushels are just as impacted by the negative trade implications um, just because that's what we base our spring price off of, right? Um, so there is a price component to that. So just uh, keep an eye on things, talk to people, stay in touch, stay right up on it. And I think that's something that'll kind of continue to evolve here the next couple of weeks. So great. Good insight on that. Thank you. Um, I guess as we, we talk one last piece about prevent plant, um, when a, if a grower does indeed take prevent plant and carry through with that, when can they expect payments? Um, so uh, essentially when you take that prevent plant payment, um, normally what happens is, uh, as long as everything's timely reported and, and the, the, the process gets adjusted correctly, normally that'll come off their bill. So whatever they would get billed for the remainder of their crop insurance. Now, if they don't uh, essentially have a bill or if it's a negative balance, then they'll receive a check relatively quick. Uh, once we report acres, which kind of starts after um, acres are certified or after everything gets in the field, once we report acres to the company, then that's when they work those or finish working those prevent plant claims and verify those prevent plant acres. So I hate to put a timeline because it is going to kind of depend on the crop. It's going to depend on your situation of whether, you know, those acres are reported, let's say, into June or maybe they're not reported until early July. So um, but it is one of those things. Once acres are reported, um, once it's known, once they start sending out schedules of insurance and, and bills and whatnot, I mean, it's not something that it's going to take a year to get. It's not something that we're going to have to be dealing with next spring. So should okay. be something, you know, you look for late summer, early fall for those prevent plant payments. Okay. Great. One more piece that uh, those growers need to have a conversation Absolutely. with They're their talk, agent. And... Yeah. Talk to your agent on that. They can give you a better timeline based off of your situation on that. Well, great. Thank you very much. Um, I appreciate you taking time to be with us today, Luke and Mark and Dave for joining us. Um, this is your latest edition of the Bayer Necessities.